Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If you knew you only had a few days to live, how would you spend those final hours? We often hear people refer to a bucket list. That is to say, the list of things you want to do before you kick the bucket. It's a list of things one wishes to do before they die. Some may wish to see natural wonders in exotic locations. Some may wish to meet someone they admire. Others may wish to experience dining at maybe some gourmet restaurant or in some, again, some exotic location. Knowing that our time here is finite shapes many of our decisions. We make sure that we eat the right sorts of food, we exercise, get plenty of rest, and follow the doctor's orders more or less. We avoid any unnecessary risks. And at the same time, we make the most of the time given to us. Now there's nothing wrong with having such a list. Well, that's as long as that list is lawful anyways. But this evening, it's worth asking the question, what did Jesus decide to do with his final hours? To be sure, Jesus knew that he was hours away from being arrested. He knew that soon he would be taken before the officials, beaten, mocked, scourged, and crucified. He knew that Judas would betray him. He knew his time with the apostles was coming to a close. He always knew that. He always knew that he came to die. So how did Jesus choose to spend these final hours? Did he travel the world? Did he eat at Jerusalem's finest eating establishments? Did he indulge himself with the finest that the world has to offer? No. Jesus spent his time in service to others. He gives us this wonderful demonstration of what it means to love. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. As we examine our text this evening, there are two ways that we can approach what we see here. We'll take the obvious one first. Serve others in the same way that Christ serves others. We read, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash the feet of, of another. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. The life of a Christian is a life of service. As Luther rightly points out, God does not need our good works, but our neighbor does. Good works provide the evidence of a living and vibrant faith, for faith without works is dead. This comes in many forms. If we again look to our catechism, and we look to the table of duties, this gives us a good understanding of our duties to one another. 
Your pastors are called to be above reproach, to hold fast to sound doctrine so that he can encourage others and refute those who oppose it. Hearers of the gospel are called to provide for their pastor's living, share all good things with him, honor and respect him. We are all called to submit ourselves to the governing authorities, both good and bad. We are to give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, that is, taxes, respect, honor, and the like. Husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church, and wives are called to submit to their husbands. Parents are called not to exasperate their children, and children are to honor their father and their mother. Workers are to serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord. Young men be submissive to those who are older, and all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. The commandments, again, are summed up with this one rule, to love your neighbor as yourself. Our gospel this evening is a wonderful example of what it looks like. The honored guest, he gets up in the middle of supper and washes the feet of the apostles. This is normally the task of the lowest of the servants. This is how your Savior chooses to spend his last moments with the apostles. For many of us, this is almost too easy. It's easy for us to focus our attention on the needs of others because it distracts us from our own needs. We forget that one cannot draw water from an empty well. Jesus himself often withdrew from the crowds to pray. We can serve others better when we tend to our own needs first. This isn't being selfish, it's good stewardship. Before taking the office of pastor, one must spend years studying and preparing. If one were to undertake the office of pastor without proper preparation, he would be vulnerable to all sorts of false doctrines. It is far better for us to tend to our own needs first before caring for others. Humility, as I'm, heard, as I'm sure you've heard before, humility is not thinking of yourself less. It's actually knowing when you are the right person and when you can serve others best. I could serve others by going to their house and fixing their plumbing, working on their car or getting rid of computer viruses. I could do those things, but it would likely end up worse than it was to begin with. The Coast Guard, for example, their rescue swimmers undergo extensive training before they ever attempt a rescue. If you were to jump in the water to try to save somebody, you would likely end up as a casualty as well. Humility is knowing when you are that right person to jump in the water and when it's better to call somebody else for help. Oftentimes, it's better for us to leave that task to others. That is true humility. The second way to approach this text is even more challenging. Humble ourselves to allow Christ to serve us. This is truly the aspect of scripture that is most difficult. It's relatively easy for us to serve others. It is relatively easy for us to remind others of the forgiveness that they have in Christ. 
the hard part comes in extending the same amount of grace to ourselves that we extend to others. For you see, Peter is all of us. Out of respect for Jesus, he is mortified that he would stoop down and wash his feet. Then, if washing of feet is good, further washing must be better. But Jesus is pointing us to baptism. It doesn't matter how much water is used. It does not matter how much of the body is washed. What matters is that Christ is doing the washing. He is cleansing us from all our sins. Christ is acting out of his own nature. It is his nature to serve. It is the reason he humbled himself to be born of the Virgin Mary. It is the reason why we begin the season of Advent with the triumphal entry. Jesus came to serve. On this Monday, Thursday, we also celebrate the institution of the Lord's Supper. When you or I do something for our neighbor, it's only temporary. You may wash their laundry, but in a few days it needs to be done again. Christ didn't just help us one time long ago. Yes, he lived a perfect life in our stead. Yes, he suffered and died as a propitiation for our sins. Yes, he rose again on the third day, conquering sin, death, and the devil. Yes, all of this happened 2,000 years ago, but that wasn't the end. The Lord's Supper is far more than an intellectual remembering, remembering that Jesus did this one nice thing for us one time long ago. It is more like his last will and testament. It is his desire that we continue to celebrate the Lord's Supper until his second coming. It wasn't so we would remember all that he has done for us. He desires for us to celebrate the Eucharist so that we can continue to serve us, or excuse me, that he can continue to serve us, feeding us with his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. For you are what you eat. Christ continues to conform us to himself. He continues to transform our stony hearts into living hearts enlivened with faith. He continues to wash away our sins and give us everlasting life. He continues to serve us even today. As often as we fail to love God, our neighbor, and ourselves, Christ forgives you of all of your sins. Our initial question was a bit of a trick question. It wasn't Jesus' last day. Jesus knew that he was going to be resurrected on the third day. He knew that he was returning to the Father. He knew that he would remain among us for all time. At the same time, Jesus always knew exactly how things were going to play out. He told his disciples many times, even if it was something that they did not wish to hear. Motivated by his great love for you, the creator of the universe came to serve you. Jesus is not instituting a third sacrament as he washes the feet of the apostles. He's demonstrating what it means to serve. If Christ was willing to wash the feet of the apostles, we too should be willing to serve others. He shows us what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. 
we are encouraged to do likewise. And in this text, we are reminded that Christ came to cleanse, not just dirt from the skin. The washing of feet is only temporary. They will soon be dirty again. But the love demonstrated in this act lasts a lifetime. The waters of baptism cleanse the skin for a short time, but the effects last into eternity. Not because of the water itself, but because of the sacrifice and the promise that Christ attached to it. Christ indeed came to serve. He came to love the unlovable. He came to forgive the unforgivable. He came to save sinners, of whom we are chief. Thanks be to God. Amen.